welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking entertainment, news, and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. <laughs> what should people do? <laughs> Take a mask off, fool. <laughs> okay. I'll try to avoid coughing too much. We're back to back to the studio after little now bald Matt had the had the COVID. Yep. It was fun. It was a good time. It was great. It's weird. It's like Fever and cough for a day, and then better for a day, just kind of lethargic post-fever. And then the day after that, I had a really bad sore throat, which kind of popped up after the main symptoms had dissipated. Same thing happened to Hannah, so I don't know. But you were vaccinated, so it wasn't that bad. Go get your vaccines. Vaccines? Vaccines. They just approved fourth dose. Did you see that? For everyone? No, for, well, they're starting rolling out fourth dose. Okay. So, yeah, they're starting with immunocompromised and people who got theirs back in March. All right. So cool, cool. Look at that. We're just gonna, you know, get regular vaccines, such yeah. as we do with the flu. <laughs> Doesn't sound like such a bad idea to me. Yeah, people are stupid. Anyway, <laughs> Matt, what you been up? Uh, right, yeah, that's first, kind of. Yeah, I mean, so we're, we do news. We're sort of backwards. Yeah, we always do backwards. So yep. we were back last week. We're double back this time. Yeah. Matt, what you been up to? <laughs> uh, some more stuff, actually, which is good. Good. Because um, otherwise I'd have run out of stuff. Um, one thing I forgot to talk about last week is I finished Mr. Robot, like, a little while ago. Oh! At last. At long last. At long last. Long you, t- you never finished it the first time, did you? No. So this was all new for you this time. Yeah, season three and season four I had not seen more than the first couple of episodes at all. And so it was good to hop back in and see the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. It's hard to end a TV show. Oh, man. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to say that. It's it not, is. It's not bad. It's just a little infuriating because it leaves some very interesting questions open and not in like a, oh, it's kind of ambiguous going, going on. It's like, did that guy die and go to heaven or meet aliens or <laughs> are we just going to forget he existed? Um, huh. Is it? So it got weird? Like It did get weird. Did it get weird in a way that makes sense for the show? The show had been leading to that kind of weird. Um it like it felt th- so um the show is is kind of going along and it's doing its normal thing and there's some weird stuff going on with it but a lot of it's really psychological. Uh, the world is supposed to be basically real world. Right. Um and then kind of a weird thing happens at the end of an episode about a third of the way through season 4. And it's not addressed, but you've kind of been getting the sense that there is something weirder going on behind mm-hmm. the world. There's some layer that needs to be peeled back. It's yeah. like a, I don't know, an alternate reality or universe of simulation. A lot of different directions that they could go with it. Right. Um, and then this weird thing happens and you're certain that there is something wonky about the universe. And then they kind of never go farther than that. And they never really explain what actually happened. Mm-hmm. They kind of just end it. Um. They build up to, they're kind of building up to one big event the whole time. And the big event happens in like the third to last episode at the end, which is cool because it gives them time to wrap up some loose ends. And they do wrap up some of the loose ends really nicely. Uh Um, And they leave a, the the, kind of the big event itself, they leave some of the details ambiguous, which I think is actually really well done. Okay. But there's still a lot of these open-ended questions and they kind of do like a, um, it's not quite like all the way there but it's leaning into the direction of like a oh the real mr robot was the friends we made along the way kind of thing uh, and it's 
it 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 works it's earned but it's unsatisfying um and just given that they did seem like they were really building up to some big interesting conclusions it felt like a cheap cop-out gotcha. um still a great show overall mm-hmm. uh just worth watching for the the fantastic writing and directing and character work and psychological stuff yeah. um just the fourth season is a little messier there's some left field plot twists that don't really make a lot of sense and mm-hmm. don't add a lot to the story um but yeah no it's, it's in general it's a good show okay yeah at least watch it just till the the long take episode because that right. is spectacular yeah yep did i talk about the no dialogue episode yes okay or, yeah yeah you did okay it's not as good yeah yeah i think i remember you talking about that yep yep yeah, so that's Mr. Robot. Hopefully on the podcast, not to me. Right. Because then that would be awkward. Yep, that's okay. There's no dialogue episode. It's not as good. It feels like a, it's a, the um, the the Night King scenes music to the Light of the Seven music from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's still pretty good, but like you're just doing the same thing again because it was cool the first time. Yep. Um. Yeah, let's see. What else have I done? Um, I well, I was still sick at the start of the week and still not going into work. I watched the first season of Succession. What's that? That's the HBO show. Um, Brian Cox is uh, the old bitter patriarch of a company that runs a um, massive or a family oh! family that runs the massive media company. That's got who's the who's there's someone on that on the like the um picture of it that i recognize uh karen and culkin maybe there's also the other guy that's in a bunch of stuff that i recognize but i can't ever remember his name that um, might be him yeah that's probably <laughs> him um it's got lee pace um ah good old elf man yeah who is destined to be a bad guy is he like the theory that's like the elves? everything he's in turns to turns to crap oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's what it is <laughs> I texted you about that at 1 30 in the morning once yeah. i don't know i don't remember why that was the case um yeah no so succession is um it's still going on uh, and it's i think they just finished up season three and it's really well regarded and i've been interested in it in a long time um so i thought i'll, I'll sit down and i'll give it a try mm-hmm. it's really good I'm going to have to wait a while before I watch season two because it's really unpleasant. Oh. Yeah. Like, what kind of unpleasant? Like, all of the characters are kind of horrible people. Oh. Um, okay. Which, that's the fun of the show. Yeah. Um, it's a bunch of horrible people being horrible to each other. And... Isn't that Mad, Ma- or, uh, uh, Mad Men, too? Not so much. I mean, Mad Men, yeah, there's a lot of bad characters, but it's a lot of, like, sympathetic bad characters. Oh, These okay. ones are, like... um caricatures almost like it's like the the stereotypical rich people like uh in the in the first episode um so basically the the plot is there's the old patriarch brian cox's character um and he runs this massive media company that's basically supposed to be like disney plus fox news okay um and his children are kind of jostling for a share of the inheritance of the company trying Mm -hmm. to control it and it's a bunch of just business and family politics and Stuff like that. A bunch of rich people being rich jerks. Yep. Um, I'm trying to figure out. I'm really out. trying to find this guy. I am. Uh, not Nicholas Braun, not Kiernan Culkin. Oh, it's not Lee Pace. Never mind. Oh. Um, Alan Ruck is in it. Um, 
Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Nope. Haven't seen that thing in so long. Oh, Cameron. Cameron. He looks kind of like um, Edward Norton, doesn't he? Yeah, a okay, little bit. I know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jeremy Strong is kind of the main guy. Anyway, uh, so yeah, it's all the it's all the children. Uh, the first the first episode, um, for, they're playing like a traditional family softball game, mm-hmm. um, and one of the guys has to leave to go do a business thing, and so they need to recruit someone, and so one of like the groundskeepers that helped set up the the bases and the fences and things um he's got like a preteen age son he's yeah. like i don't know about 12 or something and they're like yeah kid you come play um and it's it's like it's so oh, it's fun it's a nice little moment and then one of the sons is like hey kid i'll give you a million dollars if you hit a home run and he writes out a check for a million dollars and the kid swings and he hits it and he hits it pretty hard and it kind of goes through the infield and he's running and he goes and he rounds third base and he gets tagged out Ah. Oh. And Kieran and Culkin, who's the the um the son, um, Macaulay Culkin's yep. brother, yeah. Yep. Um. Oh, he takes the check and he's like, "Oh, you did so great!" But you just didn't get it. And he rips up the check God. in front of him and he gives him a quarter. And it's like, "This is okay. It's a quarter of a million dollars." Oh my God. Yeah. And the the kid goes back to his parents and's like trying not to cry. And then like a lawyer comes over later and has him sign an NDA and pays him off. Oh, the kid. The the whole family. Oh, the whole family. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, and Still it's got just money out of it. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's a whole bunch of people just being really unpleasant and not caring who they hurt. And it does a really good job of like just it, it's mostly just focused around these rich people being jerks. Um, but then every now and then you'll get just like a little a normal person that'll come in and just be horrified and just be kind of trampled on yeah. by their antics. Um and it's just it's so unpleasant. Um, and I watched it while Hannah was out of town for a work training and I was just so lonely and miserable and despondent. <laughs> it was, it was not fun. It's a really good show. Like, I feel like this is a show that I, we can't show Andrew cause he's like, <laughs> I swear if he would get a tattoo, it would probably be eat the rich. Yep. And so showing him this, will just send him in like a blind rage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I recommend it, but take it slow. Maybe. Yeah intersperse it with something a little nicer and pleasanter and easier to wash it back down a little bit okay yeah let's see um what else have i done i watched the guilty the guilty yes isn't that the is that um good old mysterio jake gyllenhaal yeah no that's the american remake wait what okay so i'm not wrong the, yes. the guilty just came out with yes the jake guilty gyllenhaal. just came out with jake gyllenhaal but that is the american remake of the original danish movie oh i love danish movies i've seen one danish movie and i loved it it's <laughs> one of my top five movies so i immediately therefore love all danish movies i don't know if this one would be one of your top five but it might be a top 50 okay it's pretty solid who's in it uh no one i recognize oh, okay. a lot of danish people they yeah. talk danish you read subtitles it's a good time they're like mads mickelson yeah no no one no one that famous no one yeah Okay. No one recognized. Um, yeah, so it's the the premise is really cool. The entire thing is set in a police dispatch office, um, yep. and it's just a a police dispatch guy. Um, and well, he's actually he's a normal police officer, but he has been assigned to desk duty while some sort of investigation is taking place, and that's all set to unravel after the um after this particular day where he's in the dispatch room and that kind of there's some revelations along the way there about what happened and why he's there um 
and he takes a call from a woman who's been kidnapped um, and has to try to track her down and save her before her captor kills her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reveals some uh, information along the way about the particular situation, throws in some very clever plot twists that kind of shed an interesting light on the whole dynamic and the whole situation. Okay. Um, and it's just a, a, for for a movie with very little like actual action, it is just a guy on the phone the whole time and occasionally Googling things. It's really tense. It's yeah. a solid thriller. I mean, um, Locke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Locke does a really good job of that. It's like, a, and it, I mean, it, it's like the same length. It's like a solid, just quick in and out, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd be overstaying your welcome if you did more with a premise like this, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's good. It's got themes. It's not like aggressive beat you over the head with it, but... Um, there's kind of a, there's a twist at some point that, um, switches your thinking about something a little Mm. bit, not to give too much away. Um, and that gets you asking some interesting questions about like, Oh, wait, are we okay with this? Yeah. What's going on here? So yeah, really, really solid movie. Mm. Um, recommend it and watch the original, not the remake. Have you seen the remake? Have you heard anything about if it does justice at all? Uh, apparently, it's just the same thing. It's... Okay, because I might end up watching the American, uh, the, the original, or mm-hmm. the American, because uh, it's a short movie, mm-hmm. which is appealing to Kaylin, mm-hmm. and so that might be one. But trying to convince her to watch a Danish one might be a little harder. It's tough to convince her to watch like, um, fancy movie snob things. The thriller. Yeah, so but like a watching, a, watching a foreign movie immediately has a giant, like, palpable air of snobbery. <sighs> <laughs> so. I I have very little respect for people who get turned off by subtitles. I don't think it's the subtitles. I think it's just the fact that it's a foreign movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially that she will inevitably find out that there's an American version of it. Like, why don't we just watch the American version? And if it's just the same thing, it's probably fine. I don't know. Let me watch it first and make sure it's okay. All right. <laughs> um, Anything else? Feel like there was something else, but can't think what it would be. I've got plenty, so. Um, I have been watching uh, Next Level Chef on Fox. <laughs> what is that? I feel like I've heard of that. It's a, that? It's a cooking competition show with yeah. Gordon Ramsay. Um, oh, that's what I thought it was, yeah. So the, the premise is actually pretty cool. Um, I don't watch these shows except occasionally it's on in the background in my in-laws when I'm there for the holidays or something. And <laughs> you know how most cooking competitions shows go. It's like yeah. they get three people in a room and they say, okay, cook this kind of dish. Oh, we'll throw some sort of plot twist at you. There's some gimmick like, oh, you have to go through the seen, shopping uh, cart. Great British Baking Show? No, okay. I'm aware of it. Apparently it's like the better version of it because it's fun and lighthearted. And yeah. Like it's... Uh, yeah anyway continue yeah most of them are just it's kind of the same thing you get your three people on flavor of the week you make a thing you throw some twists and gordon ramsay yells at people yep great you know um next level chef so the way it's set up is uh they take a team of 15 chefs at the start of the season um and they randomly they divide them into groups of three and then randomly assign them to a kitchen there's three kitchens that are vertically stacked on top of each other okay top level is state of the art everything you want really nice mid-level is like just a solid commercial grade kitchen mm-hmm. basement is bare bones like the refrigerator is scuffed up the trash can is like <laughs> one of the metal ones the round metal ones mm-hmm. oscar the grouch would live in there someone yeah. remarks that at some point 
Um, and then they give them 45 minutes to just cook a meal. But the way the ingredients work is they have a platform that descends through the the three kitchens. Okay. Um, which, uh, did you ever see the Netflix movie The Platform? I just started thinking about that. I never saw it, but... But it's like the same idea. Yeah, except The Platform is a artsy foreign movie on netflix right and this is a mainstream cooking show with gordon ramsay platform's also like kind of a murder movie right uh i don't know it's like a horror movie i I think that there is some murder in it yeah i don't know anyway i want to see it it's supposed to be good um anyway so the platform descends through and each at each it stops at each level for 30 seconds and you just grab as many ingredients as you can um but they get more picked over as it gets down to the bottom so it gets all the way down to the bottom and there's guys trying to cook with like cream of mushroom soup and potted meat and like (laughs) cans of corn and stuff and on the top you've got like wagyu steaks and lobster and all this good stuff. Um, and so they go through and they, they each make a meal. They have their 45 minutes and then they're drafted. So Gordon Ramsay has two other high profile chefs on with them and they pick a team of five chefs that will stick with them through the entire season. Gotcha. And then um, so each week the team gets assigned to a particular level at random and then they get, I don't know, the first ones, they'll make a steak dinner. Mm-hmm. And so they just, they go and they make a steak dinner and they compete. Um, and the they'll have an elimination round um, at the end of each week where uh, one person from two of the teams have to face off and do just a one V one cook off and the losers eliminated. And then whoever has the best dish overall out of all 15 of the chefs or however many are left saves their entire team from having to go to the elimination round. Okay. So kind of a convoluted setup, but I like that you get the same cast of characters throughout. Mm -hmm. So you, immediately start picking favorites who you like who you like their story their vibe um and then it's just such an interesting dynamic with seeing what they can do with bare bones nothing versus the top state of the art and like such some people that they get up to the top one and they're like out of their depth they're just a home cook and they don't know what's going on so i don't know i'm really enjoying it i'm super into it three episodes have happened so far like have happened at all yep really yep is that it? Wait, that's on Fox? Yep. It's on Hulu next day. Huh. I feel like I've heard about this for a while. I mean, they've been hyping it up for a little bit, so you've seen the ads for the past uh, okay. few months. Okay. Man, Gordon Ramsay's just doing a whole bunch of TV stuff. Is he even cooking anymore? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like his only cooking practice right now is just showing people how to break a bird. Break a chicken. Right? Whatever. I don't know. I don't know kitchen things. Yeah. I'm not a cook. It's fun. He yells at people, but also he's like occasionally nice to people. Have you seen like him with kids? No. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, there's a uh, comparison between the, there's like the classic sound bit of him going, uh, look at me, look at me, look at me. Fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. To like the people in like Hell's Kitchen. And then there's like, don't worry, don't worry, don't cry. Like we'll work with this, like with a kid. And he's just like super sweet with the kid. Yeah. Funny. I think he's a really sweet guy. He's just oh yeah, he plays a jerk on TV. It's a Simon Cowell thing. Yeah, always need always need jerks. Yep. But yeah, we got into this because Hannah had watched um, on Disney. There's Gordon Ramsay. Oh, I don't remember what it's called, but he goes around to a different country, a different culture. Oh, every week and um, like learns about their food and then has a cook off at the end with mm. some famous local chef. Hmm. Um, and it's super fun and super positive. Yeah. It's like him 
getting messy and jumping out of helicopters into the ocean and oh i think i've seen bits of that yeah Yeah. it's fun it's nice and so we thought well okay it's gordon ramsay again and so they'll do things where like he'll take a bite of the food and he'll be like this chicken is so perfectly cooked yeah but sometimes it'll be like this beef is raw (laughs) and i mean yeah they they set it up and they they lean into it but he's not like He's just, he's honest about it. It's good. Okay. It's good stuff. All right. Um, Anything else? Nope. All right. What do you got? Oh my God. So much. I'm going to start with The Witcher. I watched all of The Witcher. Okay. Season two. Yeah. How is it? Should I watch it? Mm-hmm. what do you like about the first season? It's a goofy. It's a goofy show. Uh, <laughs> crap. <laughs> uh, you should watch the first half. Okay. <laughs> so okay i liked this and i didn't like it i don't really know mostly because i was inebriated in one way or another while watching every single episode mm-hmm. and so the first half i was drunk and the second half i was high so like i got really confusing emotions <laughs> about this because when i'm high i really like things uh-huh. uh i like things way more than i would when i'm sober right which is i don't know i should go to therapy about that uh <laughs> but like so the first half of it is very much so where where it left off. Mm-hmm. Yennefer murdered a whole bunch of people with fire. She Sounds dipped fun. in. She dipped into chaos or into into fire magic, which is like it's pure chaos and it doesn't cost and it's like illegal to do or whatever. That's what happened. The cost of that is that she lost her magic. She doesn't know how to do magic anymore. Oh. And you don't know the Witcher games or Witcher lore beyond nope. just the show. Jennifer is like the main, like is the most powerful sorcerer mm-hmm. ever. Uh, and also like the main love interest of Geralt. It's mm-hmm. kind of the default one. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Witcher games, you can choose romances. Geralt default. Like, Geralt default. <laughs> uh, she's the default one. Um, and you've got Siri, who is the daughter of... King Emir, mm-hmm. uh, and also the child surprise for Geralt. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't remember, Hedgehog his, Man, huh? Hedgehog Man, Hedgehog Man, yeah. And then he was like, I remember a the first surprise. Season. And then so now she's essentially yep. his. Um, it's so the fun bits are like Harry Ca- uh, Henry Cavill, Witcher being Geralt with Siri, who like is just like she's a princess and mm-hmm. also so sarcastic and then she gets brought to Kaer Morhen, which is like the 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 home mm-hmm. of all the witchers so you've got all these witchers who were just like what a princess and like so there's some <laughs> fun stuff going on and then um fun interactions so like it's basically centered around Geralt or like the fun wacky stuff mm-hmm. meanwhile politics and like greed and power are all played in like all the other bits of it mm-hmm and the first half of the show, I think, if I can remember correctly, because I watched it slowly for the first half, mm-hmm. and then I binged the last bit in the past week, um, is really them just trying to lean into, like, the Witcher aspect, where it's like, oh, he fights fun monsters, and Great. doesn't fight fun monsters. And in the second half, it's like, all right, we have a story we gotta tell. Yeah. N- hone it all in, start wrapping these threads in together, and into one central plot. Lame. Give me goofy monster fighting <laughs> all day. <laughs> um, and so, like... It's fun with the first bit, and there's a lot of just, like, confusion, and I don't know how to feel about how they keep things ambiguous, because Siri is, there's so much surrounding Siri. Mm-hmm. All of the Witcher, to my knowledge, is surrounding Siri, because she's, like, the prodigal, prodigal 
Like, she's the thing that all of these prophecies are about, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it all centers around her. But with the show, it's, like, slowly introducing you. I know it all. I know right. exactly what she can do, exactly what happens. Uh, uh, they change it a little bit, but, like, not enough. Like, they killed a main witcher, na- main named witcher mm-hmm. pretty early on. So I was like, okay, so they're changing some things. But it wasn't for the purpose of changing something. I think it was for the purpose of setting up a decision someone else makes later, mm-hmm. which does pay off. I honestly did appreciate that. Okay. Um, but the... Without getting too much into it, because I th- honestly, I think you should try watching it because it is sure. a cool world and they really start to like tie in. Now that you know the basics of the Witcher world, mm-hmm. you start to like understand it. it starts playing with the understanding of the conjunction of the spheres. Okay. Have you ever heard that phrase? Uh, not in this context. It's their, it's uh, basically their creation. Okay. So the conjunction of the spheres is like, um, I don't know exactly, don't quote me on all this, but it's basically I think like the spheres of their universes and they like collide at the beginning. And that's like mm-hmm. the beginning of their universe. And that's why there's monsters and stuff is ah. there from other spheres. Okay. And so, uh, it starts to play with like, Oh, are we like due for another one? Or are we like in one? Mm-hmm. Um, cause like weird shit's happening. Uh, but kind of the central point of it is that people are realizing Siri is the one that everyone's, uh, that is the one crucial to it's like mm-hmm. the key to everything. Mm hmm. Everyone wants her. And by everyone, I mean the Temerian Empire, the Redenian Empire, the Nifgardian Empire, the Witchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, I just said her name. Yennefer, for her own reasons. The ma- the Brotherhood of Mages. The undergrad, the Elves. Like, everybody wants her. And there's, like, by the end of it, there are, like, seven or eight parties. Mm-hmm. All with their individual needs for her. And it gets to be a lot to keep track of. Okay. Um, especially for the three main empires, because I know the games, so I know who's the ruler of each of the mm-hmm. empires. But when there's, like, the Brotherhood of Mages talking about, like, what's kind of going on, like, they're kind of, the, I think, the expositional, because mm-hmm. they know their their people are all throughout. Right. Um, They explain things using both the empire name and the king name. Mm-hmm. And so that's like just three other names you have to keep track of. Like, oh, yep. so they're doing this because this and this guy, and then there's espionage stuff. So you have like this guy who is loyal to this thing, but belongs to that empire. And it just, <laughs> it kind of gets messy. Okay. Um, And it doesn't tie it all together because they're setting up a ton mm-hmm. for like season three. Cause it's going to be all, they right at the very end, they bring in, the big thing (laughs) which people who have played the witcher games know what the big thing is Mm -hmm. especially if you've seen the show like it like that's it's the big thing and so i really don't think the show's gonna go for longer than another couple seasons like i Mm -hmm. think they're intending to wrap it up okay and they're that's good going towards that instead of just be like oh we'll just keep doing shows and then we'll wrap it up when it gets wrapped up like what they just introduced at the end of this spells the end of the show okay and so like, I'm excited for that. I, I, yeah. It's definitely the Witcher stuff is all, it's all prophecy about, like, the end. hmm You can't have a show like that that doesn't end and you don't have the end in sight. Mm-hmm. Because then it just becomes the end means nothing. There's no stakes of the end. Right. But, like, if things continue to progress towards the end, it's gonna end. hmm Unless you make it not end. In which case, uh, I haven't finished Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. Because, um... Witcher 3, 
is very close to what is expected to be coming in the show. Uh, and so I need to finish the game so I know how the game ends, uh-huh. or how they expect the game to end, so that I know what's going, what is expected. Mm-hmm. All that to say, it's fun. They do some cool stuff, some cool action pieces. Um, mm-hmm. There's a fight scene where Geralt doesn't have his uh, armor or his have his weapons, so you see him do one-on-one fight with people. Mm-hmm. Um, they introduce more characters, classic. Uh, they kill zero characters. There's a giant fight. I'm going to spoil this part a little bit because it's okay. a huge problem. Towards the end, there's a giant fight with all of the witchers versus the kind of the big baddie towards the end. Mm-hmm. We know two of their names, of the just the Witcher's names. We know Vesemir's name, who is mm-hmm. the, the kind of the dad, and we know uh, Geralt's name. Of the ten Witchers that are in the fight, guess who's guess how many survives <laughs> and who they are. <laughs> the plot armor was just painful. Yeah, like you just see these Witchers who should all generally be as good as each other, mm-hmm. just get like, oops, I died by just like a, a haywire rock. And yep. then, meanwhile, this one's fighting one-on-one with this giant, like, dra- uh, dragon thing. And it's mm-hmm. just like, it doesn't, the stakes don't feel like they exist. Yeah, that's typical. Yeah, and I and I don't like it. They killed one of the main named characters. They killed Eskel, who was like a... Sorry, <gasps> Not Eskel. Um, but, like, Eskel's in the third game. So, like, he's just, he's one of the main guys. And there's, mm-hmm. like, a rich history with Geralt. And it's just like, okay, so they're, like, willing to kill off-named characters. Last bit of that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> right at the beginning. Good stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's enjoyable. I'll watch the next one. Just sure. because um, if I haven't, hadn't been playing the games, I'll bet that I probably wouldn't be interested in watching the third season. Okay. I think it's genuinely just, like, an interest in the world and understanding of the world and, and excited to see how they how they differ mm-hmm. it's but it's also decent like okay. it's not a bad show well, sure yeah um, it's not fantastic by any i'd probably put it about it like a six okay like you know i'd i'd watch it again like if if someone was like hey i want to do a witcher watch through and mm-hmm. there was like food involved i'd i'd be down yeah um but it's not like dc where because it's a similar thing with like the dc movies that mm-hmm. It's worlds that I, I I love and I know a lot about them, so I'm interested right. to see how they change them, but only once. Yeah. Because they're bad. <laughs> uh, sorry, the Snyderverse. To be bad. specific, yes. Um, so, you know, it's, I think it's a, uh, if you've really got nothing else to do and you've got like a day to just binge a show that you have very low stakes in. Mm-hmm. Crack open the crack open a Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yaskier is back about a uh, third of the way in. Yes. You remember Yaskier, and he's he's great. Like all of, of those bits are fun. Uh, you get a lot more one on one interactions between the main characters, like Yaskier and Yennefer, Yaskier and Geralt. Mm-hmm. Um, some fun, cool action pieces. Some pretty satisfying. Some stuff. But, All right. uh, so, yeah. Sounds good. Might check it out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what else? So we're almost done with Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. We've got Deathly Hallows Part 2. We're going to watch tonight. Uh, Are you going to watch Fantastic Beasts after that? 
Absolutely. You know me. I I love that movie. It's such a wonderful movie that doesn't make me want to literally shit my head out. I don't know what that means. And then you're going to top it with the sequel. Yeah. Fantastic Beasts of the Crimes of Grindelwald. It's... Honestly, it's kind of more enjoyable watching it with Kalen being able to, like, just every 30 seconds be like why is this a thing because there are so many plot holes in the movies mm-hmm. that i didn't realize when watching them as a kid because mm-hmm. you just accept it but yeah. then i'm like wait why is this a thing mm-hmm. and a lot of that stuff's filled in by the books yeah um the only thing that kaylin is like i don't i can't grasp it or i don't buy it is the um elder wand disarming route uh because like mm. uh how harry disarms draco just by yanking a different one out of his hand she feels like that isn't in the same vein as literally disarming the wand out of somebody yeah but my rash like the reasoning is like it's the owner is bested right that's the criteria and he was bested by harry via brute force <laughs> yeah i think that is kind of the logic that the books take but yeah, yeah it is a little bit just like okay we need to write ourselves out of this particular corner <laughs> yes exactly um but man dude the saturation's at like one percent yep <laughs> <laughs> it's like borderline black and white at some points yeah no uh half-blood prince is a very brown movie but just like dark i I appreciate the reasoning behind it like the Mm -hmm. the visual reason behind it but it's like a little excessive yeah i feel like man of steel did it better weirdly like i feel like Zack snyder is like he does it all the time so it's a gimmick for him at this point but he does it at least like somewhat tastefully Mm -hmm. until his version of justice league where he literally makes it black and white (laughs) (laughs) um but i'll I'll say i've never actively noticed costume design until order of the phoenix because harry is wearing a solid color shirt all the time Mm mm-hmm all of his friends are all wearing different colored and designed shirts. Mm-hmm. So it just, I don't know. I don't know why I just noticed that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I kind of throughout the rest of the movie. I'm like, every time they change outfit. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Always that. He's always solid. They're always patterned. Interesting. So um, the music, oh, they get so much better after four. Yeah. I, I genuinely enjoy uh, Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, There's some really good stuff in there. I love the Umbridge theme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the um i will say with half-blood prince in general Mm -hmm. it feels like a the dark world type of movie where its sole purpose purpose is just to progress some story like it's like to bridge the gap between pre-voldemort and beginning of voldemort to the final battle like there's it it feels like there's not a lot of substance to it yeah without like beyond just like the bare bones this is the plot we gotta get the plot and then it's like yeah. i am the half-blood prince it's like Great. i feel like the, that whole plot thread doesn't matter cool harry got really good at potions yeah. that's used as a reason for him to like be close to um to slughorn yeah but like i don't care there was snape because there was yeah there was no like it was just that he was really good at potions mm-hmm. and i guess it's just to help bolster the fact that he genuinely is a really good wizard but like you can do that in other good in other ways yeah besides just like he's great at potions yeah not a useful plot twist yeah like yeah so it's um that one i think hot take i feel like half blood prince is my least favorite of the movies okay like just below four 
Because all the four is like weird and like also kind of doesn't really do anything beyond just, hey, look, Voldemort's alive now. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of like it highlights a lot of character. Yeah, that it is. It's a it's an important way station for a lot of the character arcs. Yes. Um, and so I feel like that's something that I attach more to, mm-hmm. um, than just being the plot being chugged along, which is basically what right. Blood Prince does. Yeah. Um, the quality of the construction of the movie, I feel like is better, like better, yeah. better music, uh, better cinematography. Yeah. Um, but like when looking back on like the idea, like the story, I'm just like, eh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, no, that's fair uh goblet of fire is probably one of my favorite books Mm -hmm. um but definitely my least favorite movie just uh, yeah because i mean kind of the problem is it's a really thick book there's a lot to it and a lot of character development and little nuances that happen kind of that uh, but then it's necessarily the actual story that they have to put in the movie because it's tied to the triwizard tournament it's tied to like plot event plot event plot event and so it is literally just a sequence of plot events yes. with no filler, yeah. no, no substance between. Oh yeah. Um, and that's something that I, um, so like you and Kaylin both have like attachments to certain characters that have gotten so much more like, so creature mm-hmm. or like Nymphadora, like mm-hmm. they have apparently according to Kaylin have so much more like, uh, Tom's oh, yeah. relationship with Remus yeah. is so much more developed. And like, that was actually something that stuck out to me when I was a kid, when the eighth movie came out, mm-hmm. when I was a kid. How old were we in the eighth movie came out? Uh, like 16, 15, 14, yeah, around yeah, there. Yeah. Um, even then I was like, wow, they really want us to be, feel bad for Tonks dying or like be really sad about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the only line I remember from her is don't call me Nymphadora. And that's basically <laughs> her character in this movie, in these movies. Yeah. A little bit. Um, and so that's why I was like, what I was saying is it's interesting watching these with somebody who fills in the, the plot holes mm-hmm. and now being a critical watcher, I notice every plot hole and I ask her about it. Mm-hmm. It does get a little, like it's kind of a shift between five and six because between then is when I stopped watching only Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Right. So I've seen up through five a ton, but six and seven, I haven't seen as much. Right. And so when I ask for a plot to like a, uh, like what's going on with the mm-hmm. plot hole, and she starts explaining it. If she takes longer than 30 seconds, I like lose track of the movie because there's like things just right. things that I'm trying to pick up on. Right. Um, so we've had to pause the movies a lot more, like rewind it a lot more now. Mm-hmm. But no, oh, man, it's a I, I want it to not be as good as it is because I have so much that I don't like about J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. <laughs> like personally and creatively. Yeah. Also. The Cursed Child being made canon. How do you feel about that? I... Kalen absolutely hates it more than anything in the world. <laughs> I haven't read Cursed Child. Oh. I'm, so... also, I'm not particularly invested in the world. I really love the books, gotcha. but, like, who cares? Yeah. She uh, she hates it. And that, okay. that just exemplifies J.K. Rowling's, like, lackluster, or um, lackadaisical approach yeah. at her own world. Yeah. Um. So, like, every time I, wa- I think of these movies, I'm like... They can't be good because I don't like the way that she does. She handles her world building, mm-hmm. but they're good. Yeah. <laughs> so can't help it. It's always like a surprise. I guess it's mm-hmm. kind of nice. Yeah. I'm always surprised that they're good. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So that's Harry Potter. Uh, yeah. What else have I done? Let me say really quick. It's yeah. a, it's a very interesting experience because like I grew up reading the books mm-hmm. and I read all the books before I saw their requisite movies. 
um, and I was super into them. So I always had that extra context yeah. before going into the movies. Um, so I'm really intrigued to hear your perspective, having not read the books. Yeah. Like uh, just all the tiny things that are just yeah. common knowledge to you. And I'm like, wow, did you know that Hermione really loved house elves and she knitted hats? Yeah. That's like not even remotely addressed. Not even slightly. Anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just like stuff like that. Um, yep. Are you going to read the books at some point? At some point. Okay. Uh, I think it's a, yes, they're easier reads than let's say Lucare, mm-hmm. Um, but also there's so much of it. Yeah. Um. That I think I need to get to a point with my because con- my current order or, or the way I read things is I mm-hmm. read a book while I'm like kind of building up my need to read a, or need to read comic collection, mm-hmm. and then when I'm done with the book, I read through all that, then get a new book, and kind of that back and forth doesn't really lend itself to a seven book series. Right. Um. And so I think once I what I'm going to do is like once I get kind of to rebirth. Mm-hmm. which is not really far away um so like, i think maybe two or three books mm-hmm. then i i think i may give it a shot okay sweet um so speaking of reading comics i've been reading so much superman mm-hmm. honestly you kind of need to read a ton of superman to like superman as a character okay because there's so much that like one of the biggest things against superman is that he's like oh he's super powerful how do you write an interesting story and to be fair, 90% of the stories written with Superman are totally justified with that mentality because mm-hmm. it's a lot of just like punch harder and better. Yeah. Um, and so I'm for people who are new or don't know what I'm doing, I'm trying to read all of the new 52 because mm-hmm. there's so much and it like it's uh, really it's also not very well done. So it gives me a lot of experience of what's really well done and what's not really well done. Exactly. It doesn't read me into a trap of i've only read good stuff how do i identify bad mm-hmm. um so i'm gonna kind of go through each of the things one by one so i talked before about the hell on earth thing mm-hmm. uh and how that's a catastrophe of crossover and stuff like that yep. and then how i skipped past i literally skipped the one where he comes back krypton returns mm-hmm. because the first issue of the book isn't in any of the collections <laughs> right and so i couldn't read that um but I'm glad I decided to go back and read it. Just like read the synopsis of the first one and then mm-hmm. read the other three because a big, like, so I, I was reading Supergirl when I skipped it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said at the, in that episode, no status quo change, mm-hmm. not the case in Superboy. Huh? He literally dies and is replaced with a different Superboy who was a bad guy oh yeah so like that's a and i didn't and I, I didn't skip it and then go what the hell is going on i was just like you know what i guess i might as well just i've got the other three i'll just read the synopsis and just mm-hmm. see what happens and honestly kind of interesting okay like it i i'm glad i did because it tied up or it gave you a bunch of answers to questions you had from way earlier in the series mm-hmm. it wraps things up uh kind of nicely and then like superboy dies and it's like oh and then like i kept reading I'm like glad i Glad I did that. I would be so confused right now. <laughs> um, and it's really interesting. So I'll talk about, so the Superboy is, so Con L, well, he doesn't really have a name. He's the clone of Superman and, or what, okay, actually, here's the thing. Before, he was a clone of Superman and Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. And throughout the entire book, I don't, I don't mind spoiling this because no one's going to read it. Um, throughout the entire book, it's like, oh, you're like the clone of 
uh, obviously Superman. I mean, look at you. And then uh, um, another really powerful benefactor. Velociraptor. Velociraptor DNA. The fact I thought you were going off of my benefactor and like hitting that like that rhyme and Happy I was like, you, man, you turned that around quick. <laughs> no, it's the Jurassic World plot point. Oh. They're like the Indominus Rex. It has T Rex DNA and also something that's classified. It's Velociraptor. It's Velociraptor. Yeah. Um, and so they like they lead you to believe it's Superman and uh, Lex Luthor like the entire time if you mm-hmm. know those. Uh, it turns out, and it's a little timey wimey it gets confusing but it all like i actually literally had to stop and process it all to understand (laughs) what was going on so in the past but not in the past in the present in the past of another guy (laughs) ignoring ignoring that joke okay superman and lois lane had a kid okay named john okay john i don't remember this specific like how it happens but John gets adopted by this other guy, like, and this is like far in the future, mm-hmm. uh, by this other guy who hates metahumans. It's okay. in the future when metahumans went a little bit insane and tried to murder a whole bunch of people. Sounds good. Uh, and I think it's that Superman left mm-hmm. and Lois Lane had died maybe. And now there's this little baby who's a child of Superman and Lois Lane. And this guy takes him in and he's really young. And so he's training john to hate metas and track them down and kill them Mm -hmm. and it's not working this is in the future everyone's already dead and so what uh um and john is getting really really sick Mm -hmm. he's getting sick because he's a mix of kryptonian and human and there are parts of his biology that don't mix Mm -hmm. and so he's dying of a genetic disease and so this upsets this guy named harvest Okay. This is his bad guy name. This is a good bar- bad guy name. Uh, and so what he, he, he decides to do is he is going to take John's DNA, go back in time to now the present, mm-hmm. present day, and create a clone of John and also develop an anti-superhero young bad guys team to kill the superhero, the metas mm-hmm. before they go bad and kill everybody. Okay. And so that's why you get this Khan, who mm-hmm. is the Superboy, who is a clone of Superboy, another mm-hmm. Superboy, uh, and himself, I think. Okay. Uh, I think that's like the mysterious benefactor, because he's human himself. Mm-hmm. So you get that. And then Harvest is the one who did the culling story arc which is like the teen titans get sucked into this thing where it's all these teenage superheroes fighting to the death against each other Mm -hmm. creating the ravagers who are the ones who will he's like training and like Uh holding until the right time okay and and the right time is when superboy is ready to be like is ready Mm -hmm. to kill a whole bunch of people but you know comics superboy breaks out meets the Teen titans becomes a good guy blah 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 of course um and so part of the Return to Crypt or Krypton Returns, that one I tried to skip, mm-hmm. is Superman, Superboy, and Supergirl get sent to three different times uh, on Krypton okay. before it gets destroyed. Okay. So what hell this bad guy is trying to do is save Krypton. So I've changed what plot. This is why it took me a while. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, it feels like something they were writing things and not really thinking about what's ahead. And then uh-huh. someone right at the end had to really tie it in together. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> uh, so hell, this guy is trying to save Krypton. Mm-hmm. Not going to get into what he is. Let's just say he's a Kryptonian. Okay. <laughs> That's, 
he's trying good. to he's trying to save Krypton, and so he's gone back in time to do things to uh, prevent it from getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. He went back sixty five million years and uh, put cloned Superboy DNA into a Velociraptor so that it could survive the mass extinction. Yeah, that's what we call the Kryptonius Rex. <laughs> <laughs> um, however. That's ruining time and a destined end to a planet. And there's this guy called the Oracle who's a space, a space floating rock with gems on him or something. Cool. <laughs> who, comics are weird. Comics are weird. <laughs> He's like, no, no, this needs to get destroyed. I'm going to get these three people who are some of the most powerful people in the universe. And I'm going to send them to, uh, I think, days before Krypton's destruction, week, weeks before, and years before. Mm -hmm. And so Supergirl gets sent back to years before and she's got a little thing going on back there. Mm -hmm. Not important. Superboy gets back, gets sent back to uh, the weeks before and Superman gets sent back to days before. So now you get a whole story of Superman seeing his parents. Mm -hmm. Um, Super uh, Supergirl fighting the clones of Kryptonians who rose up and tried to kill everybody, which is why she hates Superboy because he's a clone. Right. So there's that whole thing. Mm -hmm. When Superboy is going back to try, or is going back, mm-hmm. he interacts, where does he go? He goes, somehow ends up in a place where the Teen Titans have also been sent back to the 31st, or sent up to the 31st century. And now he's there. You remember who else is in the 31st century? This is like way in the future. It's John, the original Superboy. <gasps> and so the two of them, they're like, oh shit, like fight and we're going to kill each other. And then... Superboy ends up he fought John before he was sent to uh, Krypton. Uh-huh. So, he was fighting John and then he got sent to crypt to the Krypton thing for that whole story. Mm-hmm. And so now there's this John who takes Superboy's outfit and pretends to be Superboy to the Teen Titans. Uh-huh. And so John or Khan, good Superboy goes off and dies. He sacrifices himself to save Krypton. Con! Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, goes off and dies and, sa- and to save Krypton. That's his whole thing. So mm-hmm. now there's this John, this bad guy I'm going to kill all metas, dressed, who looks exactly like Con, uh, Con, tricks the Teen Titans into thinking that he's Superboy, and goes back to present day mm-hmm. with them. And so volume five is bad guy Superboy being a bad guy. And it's like so much fun. Okay. But also he then gets redeemed and becomes a good guy. Like he he realizes that like Lame. things. Yeah. He, gross redemption stories. Uh, it's actually pretty satisfying. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens in, uh, in that, but. Chris Pratt comes along and reminds him who's the alpha after all. <laughs> God, you are really obsessed with this <laughs> DNA thing. Um, so that's like the Superboy thing. And honestly, not terrible. Like, you know, it, it takes a little bit to wrap my head around. It's very much a comics are weird storyline. Yes. But, but like. I liked how it made sense, mm-hmm. like how and being able to switch characters like that, like do a little switcheroo. It was fun. Yep, not quite Howard the Duck level, but no, not not the good old Howard the Duck switcheroo. <laughs> um, Supergirl is so okay. All this and Supergirl, what I'm going to uh, going to continue say, bearing in mind that I am now at the point in the New Fifty Two where the comics start getting good. And I've said that forever where like the new of the two uh, suffered from this thing where they were like trying to run too many lines all at once. They had mm-hmm. all these uh, comp titles that were being 
written by people who were not as good and had three other titles to write as well. So you yeah. get these really shitty stories. Uh, but at some point around like issue 25 to 30 mm-hmm. uh, is when DC was like, oh, not a great idea. Let's kind of trim this down a little bit. Have yep. like a few good ones and like a, almost across the board. All the bad ones go away and like good ones or like the ones that are the main ones get better. Mm-hmm. And so Superboy got pretty good right there at the end. Not fantastic. Sure. But Supergirl, she's had this whole plot thread of like everyone's like belittling her. Everyone's like trying to protect her. And she's like, I can protect myself. Mm-hmm. And like uh, with hell, she fell in love with hell during hell on earth. And then mm-hmm. he betrayed her and she had to kill him. So she's angry about that. And then like a bunch of stuff like that. And it constantly like everything about her story is just pissing her off mm-hmm. until what happens in dc when you become a really really angry person martha oh uh, no uh, <laughs> think of, uh you get a re- you get a red lantern ring oh. she becomes a red lantern oh and so like a kryptonian on earth with superpowers and now having a powerful ring is the most dangerous thing on the planet and sweet such a cool storyline it all makes sense like she just gets super angry and then like there's i got a my next chunk of comics is um involves the red lanterns so like there's some bits during that story mm-hmm. that don't make sense to me because suddenly guy garner's in charge of the red lanterns why where's atrocitus oh he's what he's alive but also they thought he was dead so i missed a whole bunch clearly so i'm gonna read those when i get to those um but that was honestly like really fun okay um and then that one's fine it gets it gets really good uh right at the end superman and batman superman batman is a run mm-hmm. that's the that's little uh doo-wop uh things with the two of them that's uh, that's where the martha happens a lot yeah um it's really good i genuinely enjoyed it okay um, have you ever have you ever seen jay lee uh art it's Maybe? really like distinguishable like you if okay. you see it you would know it um it's all drawn like that and i love it um but what's fun is like right at the beginning it's it starts with them when they first are superman and batman mm-hmm. um and it's they first butt heads they start fighting a little bit and then something sends them to earth 2 mm. where earth 2 is everyone's older Mm-hmm. Uh, and they send Batman, young, still kind of like sort of naive Batman to older, much more experienced Superman and vice versa. Uh-huh. So you get this, like this Batman who's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of the Superman. I'm so prepared and like kind of only barely prepared, but like, yeah. Superman's way better. So he just like brushes him off. <laughs> and then Superman is like, I'm going to beat up this, uh, this Batman who looks suddenly different and now way experienced Batman with naive Superman, Batman just like wipes the floor with him. <laughs> and then they switch. They send young Superman to old Superman and young Batman to old Batman. And honestly, like it's a bunch of like really small interactions, like mm-hmm. of just like different things. And then kind of builds up into like a kind of a medium interaction. Mm-hmm. But it's so cool to just see like the, how, how he writes, um, like the differences in experience and like what they know and their personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also highlights what the new 52 is doing different than what it did before. Mm-hmm. Because what was happening is there's this guy 
who is uh, the big overarching thing of the New 52 is Darkseid has been destroying different universes. Okay. Um, Earth 2 is like the one that they use as the surrogate. This is what happens when he invades and wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Earth 2 happened, all the Batman, Superman, Wonder when they all died. Uh, Supergirl and Robin, who were, um, they got sent they fled to earth one. They got sent through a portal. Mm-hmm. They were now Huntress and power girl. Like that was right. that whole thing. Um, and so what this, like there's this like mystical being who wants, who hates dark side and wants to stop dark side. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to find what universe is going to stand the best chance and going to hide out in there. Okay. And so what he was doing, he was comparing Earth-1 and Earth-2, Superman and Batmans, by sending them and having them compete. Uh. And what he found out is that Superman and Batman from Earth-1, the New 52 Earth, are a lot more brutal and, like, take less chances. Mm-hmm. They're, like, they're like angrier and, like, and harsher and grittier and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the New 52 wanted to do with them. Okay. And so that's what he found out. And it was, like pointing that out it's like these two this superman is a lot angrier this batman is a lot angrier than the one from earth 2 that's mm-hmm. why earth 2 died is because they don't have like the the metal to stand up to dark side mm-hmm. but these earth 1 people do and so he interesting back and so like, okay. it was like an interesting like highlight of what it was trying to focus on what new 52 was trying to do yeah um and then you get uh them interacting with super uh, power girl and uh huntress mm-hmm. which is them interacting with their own like their cousin and daughter from a different universe who they're like not like huntress is like you're not my dad mm-hmm. you are way angrier than my dad mm-hmm. and also way dumber because <laughs> her dad is like way older right uh so that that story happens and that's fun um and then you get a a storyline that started, it was going to be so cool. And then it kind of just doesn't is I'm just going to sum it up and how they explain it. Right. Like right at the beginning, Batman tells Superman is like, you have yourself a Joker. Like there's a guy who like attacks everybody around Superman, but not Superman. Like he kills a innocent civilian who's dressed up as Superman. Mm-hmm. He attacks Supergirl, attacks Lex Luthor, like attacks a bunch of different people. And it's like assassinating, like interesting, a, a bunch of people. And he's like, and Batman's like, I know this kind of just like unpredictable. They just want to get at you. They don't want to kill you. This mm-hmm. kind of thing. This is a Joker. You have your first Joker. And you get this like interaction between the two of them of Batman's like, I'm sorry. You're about to have to go through this. <laughs> and Superman's like, how do I handle this? I can't punch harder and better with someone, with someone who's like the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're like trying to figure it out, and this guy is just like whittling away at Superman, mm-hmm. and like they can he can talk to them somehow, and they don't know how. Uh-huh. Um, turns out it was a magic being who turned the Kandorians, like the the bottle city of Kandor, their miniature mm-hmm. people. Uh, against him or something and like used them as bullets they're like miniaturized people and so there's like a whole bunch of reasons they're like we can't trace this because there's no like ballistic mm-hmm. residue anywhere it's because it was a person like a mini person mm-hmm. um and it was just like a mystical person who just wants to like with superman and so like huh. I, it was so close i was like i can't wait to get like a new villain or a re-textured 
mm-hmm. or like a reinvented villain yeah that is a joker for superman because that is going to be a such a fun villain it's like a like like the jesse eisenberg lex luther mm-hmm. that would be like that's an interesting villain if it were not trying to be lex luther yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that started great it was fine at the end uh, uh superman wonder woman a whole bunch of just romance and angst mm. honestly sounds good whatever no um i can't remember oh and then superman doomed okay is did you say superman doomed doomed muad l like doomsday uh, uh it is the big crossover that was like coming up it was like mm-hmm. the big uh across everything it, uh, all of them had a tie-in issue um it's a really interesting premise but beat by beat of the story is predictable and kind of just the mm-hmm. same thing mm-hmm. um so basically what happens is superman so wait, Doomsday. Wait, wait. let me guess um they get teleported to arrakis god and have to fight a sandworm that's being ridden by velociraptors 30 percent of that is right nice I'm just kidding. none of it's right oh. <laughs> so doomsday shows up yay yay doomsday, everyone doomsday. doomsday. yay um, does he look like a cave troll uh he looks like a much bigger and spikier cave troll cool uh so in this world, Nightfall, where Batman got his back broken by Bane, mm-hmm. and Doom and Death of Superman, where Superman was killed by Doomsday, mm-hmm. both have happened. Okay. So this is Doomsday, who was in the Phantom Zone. Okay. Uh, got out, <gasps> and is also like being. Uh, what was it that? It was something. It was Brainiac. Brainiac was involved in all of this stuff. Of course. Um, this was kind of one of the big stepping stones to Convergence. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Future's End. Uh, and then, like, a few other big things were all Brainiacs kind of, like, placing pieces to weaken or, like, ruin things to set, mm-hmm. the, pla- uh, set the stage for Convergence. Um, so Doomsday gets out, and it's like, and he's bigger and stronger and more dangerous. And okay. he's like, I died last time. It was like a stalemate of death to try to just, like, stop him. I need to just, like end it and so what he actually i don't know how they explained that whole mm-hmm. thing but he ends up tearing doomsday in half nice killing him uh and also infecting him now with a doomsday virus where he slowly oh. starts turning into doomsday and we get a superman batman ego thing oh where we were like him him within himself like so he like basically blacks out every once in a while and doomsday mm-hmm. just like raves like and it goes crazy and you get Clark Kent talking to a doomsdayized version of uh, Superman, mm-hmm. like commenting on the like the idea of what Superman and Clark Kent is, and like his his anger and his hatred and his weakness and his strengths all like mm-hmm. interplaying. And honestly, loved that bit. Hated that I needed to mar- have like six books out. Yeah, be- uh, because there was one tie-in issue with Batman Wonder Woman or Superman Wonder Woman. One yep. tie-in issue with Superman Batman. Yep. <laughs> um, but like this, that bit was kind of was really kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It all like gets happy dory at the end of it, and like everything's fine except Superman. Like it, what it kind of focuses on is that after this, people don't. Superman's like people aren't gonna trust me, mm-hmm. and so he goes into hiding as Superman for a little bit and so you get action comics and superman uh kind of focus on lana lang lana lang lana lang there it is lana lang uh 
Steel, John Henry Irons, Steel, mm-hmm. who's one of the Supermen. Um, and also it was kind of fun because like, so what happens with this death of Superman after he dies, you get the four Superman, Superboy, uh, man of steel, which is John Henry Irons, mm-hmm. uh, cyborg Superman and the eradicator. Mm-hmm. And all of them were all like actively involved in some way with this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. like the eradicator was a thing that happened like, a like in a different place. And like, they weren't like they showed up. So it was kind of interesting to like this giant homage to that influential although not super fantastic story (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so like i honestly i genuinely enjoyed it like it 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 was predictable kind of almost every step of the way but like it did a lot of really interesting stuff with the character specifically like i said the superman ego Mm -hmm. bit i like it um and then so that's all of that having been done i just started reading superman unchained Okay. Which is just a mini series of uh written by Scott Snyder uh-huh. and drawn by Jim Lee. And I am three issues in and I absolutely love it. I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Uh but basically like uh the Nagasaki bomb wasn't actually a bomb. It was a Superman person, like a Superman being that they've had since nineteen thirty eight. Uh that has just that um General uh Lane uh was has just become the person who's in charge of it so he learned uh-huh. all these weapons this giant reservoir of weapons uh-huh. they have against specifically superman interesting that he never knew about and so now there's this guy who's like like they fought a little bit but i'm at the point where they're talking mm-hmm. so it's superman talking to general lane and this like kind of creepy space monster that's glowing a little bit cool that, like is basically more powerful than superman mm-hmm. um and at the very end of the last issue I read, he's like, oh, I've, like, he's always admired Superman. He's like, I've always looked forward to fighting alongside you because, like, we've been, like, working together whether you know it or you knew it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, too bad I'm going to have to kill you after this. And it's just like, I mean, I saw that coming. Mm-hmm. But what is all this about? It's like, uh, I think it's maybe 12 to 16 issues and I'm three in. So there's a lot to go. Yeah. I don't know who this is going to turn into uh, if it's a new. Oh, it's called Wraith. His name is Wraith. And I. Okay. I'm not familiar with the name, but I'm also not perfect in my knowledge of DC. Maybe true, a guy that true. exists already. Um, but I am loving it so much. I, we love Scott Snyder. Oh, yeah. He wrote The Court of the Owls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is this and, just a little self-contained thing? Yes. So I could pick it up and read it too? Yep. Sweet. Uh, there's a couple things that are like, hey, like uh, right, right at the beginning. So far that I'm reading right at the beginning, uh, Jimmy Olsen's like, hey, I'm really glad you stuck it to the Daily Planet. Context of that in Superman, he like, Daily Planet got bought out by a big... Mm. multimedia conglomerate thing and, sure the guys uh, from succession we've got another crossover yeah! layer people <laughs> uh the owner told him to stop doing um people pieces like uh, homeless like uh, clark kent loves doing bit uh pieces mm-hmm. on homelessness and stuff like that and superman basically told him to go f- himself and walked out <laughs> nice uh so he hasn't been working for the daily planet this entire time mm-hmm. uh, so that's like the only bit that you really need to know okay i think it's so far, it's pretty much self-contained. Mm-hmm. So I can give it to you once I'm done with it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, I think that's it. I've been reading a lot. Good. And it takes focusing in on reading comics for like my love of it to spark back up. Because mm-hmm. it's like one of those things where if I just read one issue at a time, I don't really get invested in it. Right. Uh, but also, it's the drudge of getting past the ugly first three volumes of everything yeah. to get to like the really good ones. Yeah. And so I just ordered my next chunk of 
comics. Sweet. Because good old Discover card cash back. Yeah. And like bought, bought like 14 comics for zero dollars. Nice. <laughs> 14 books. Um, so I'm excited to get to those after I read um, Lacare, mm-hmm. the last book of it. So that's all I've been up to. All right. I don't think it's all I've been up to, but that's all I can actually talk about. I'm going to finish the video games before I talk about them more. Sounds good. All right. All right. Anything else? Uh, I think not. Shall we? We shall. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, You can find this podcast on not SoundCloud. Not SoundCloud. Not SoundCloud. But you can find it on Spotify and iTunes and iHeartRadio and Podbean and other places where they have podcasts. Uh, We're sort of on social media. Sort of. Um, Facebook. Twitter at Just Us Losers Pod, Instagram that same at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, we have a Gmail, Just Us Losers Pod at gmail.com, where I really want some Superman, Batman, Dune, Succession, Jurassic World crossover fan fiction. Um, Can we throw that into our whole like uh, Godzilla versus Kong versus Cyborg versus? The sequel will be a uh, convergence of the spheres between that universe. <laughs> And Witcher. the Kong universe and Witcher. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, if someone can write me that, that fan fiction, uh, I would really like to see it. We're getting really close to me actually just writing what's going to happen with all this. Yep. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, look forward last week to some news. Um, <laughs> next week will also be news, I guess. Uh, I guess we can always just say the next week is news. Yeah, talking about news next week. Uh, we'll see if anything's come out. The new Moon Knight trailer will be out at that point. So we can talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. It's getting closer and closer to Batman, and I'm getting hyper and hyper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got that to look forward to. Um, we're starting to lay some groundwork, think about some things for what we'll end up doing when we get back into some focused bursts of content. So keep an eye on that social media. Keep listening. We we have some stuff in the works. Um, and that'll be something to look forward to. Or not. If you generally don't like our stuff anyway. In which case, why are you here? <laughs> I appreciate it. Appreciate it, but why? <laughs> uh, anyway, that's probably everything. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.